Hey, everybody. Welcome to Vikings Final Prep. I'm your host, Cy Amundsen, in studio with Chris Corso from Vikings.com and our producer, Nate Vaughn. And we are going to get you guys all caught up on all the sound that you missed from the Vikings this week as we prepare for an absolute monster this week, Monday night in Seattle. Chris, we're talking an MVP candidate quarterback in Russell Wilson. We're talking a Super Bowl winning head coach in Pete Carroll and a resurgent Seahawks defense. And there are massive playoff implications to this game. Absolutely. The Vikings currently sit at the sixth seed in the NFC in that wild card race. Seattle right there in front of them at the five seed, um, one game ahead of the Vikings. And keep it in mind, the Vikings are battling for their NFC North hopes. Um, they control their own destiny, so that's one thing to watch out as well. Absolutely. I think from the outside, when you look at this game, you see a matchup between two teams trying to establish a tiebreaker in a wild card race. But the truth is, both of these teams are a step behind the Packers and the 49ers. So whoever comes out on top here is going to have a leg up in chasing down their division leader, and the other one is going to be stuck down fighting for the wild card. So this is huge. And unfortunately, Chris, for the Vikings, it hasn't been great against Seattle recently. We're talking the last five games, zero wins, five losses, including the Blair Walsh bummer ball uh, to the left. We're talking the 9-6 nap fest last year. This is a very good team and a very difficult place to play. Absolutely. I remember the 2015 game like it was yesterday, my first season with the Vikings, watching the fans following that Blair Walsh miss. And, and, and I remember that loss last year, a leverage call on Linval Joseph on a kick that cost the Vikings their season in that game when that it, it was a win-or-loss, make-or-break game. So these those two games were just killers for Vikings fans, and we want to see a rebound this game with Mike Zimmer as we head into CenturyLink Field. And it's not an easy place to play. They have the, the vaunted wow. 12th man there. And I've, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, Chris, but my sister lives in Seattle, and uh, I was out there in 2006. And I was a dumb, poor college kid, so I was riding the Amtrak train home. Of course you were. I'm sitting on the Amtrak, and we're heading, I'm I'm about to head home to Minnesota, and I hear this explosion. And then there's just this rumbling thunder, and no kidding, the, the Amtrak train shook. I grabbed the woman's hand next to me and out loud said, oh no, we're gonna die! Like, I, because I scare easy. And she turns to me, she's got a little, uh, a little headphone in her ear and she goes oh no no sweetie matt hasselbeck just threw a game-winning touchdown that's insane that is how loud this place is we had jaleel johnson on the minnesota vikings podcast weeks ago and he was already talking about the environment this is one of the craziest places to play in the league and you have to be absolutely ready to play the other thing that we noticed off air chris is the really interesting back and forth history of both players and personnel that has drifted between these two organizations. I mean, everybody knows Pete Carroll was a, was a coach here, but go down the list. It, it seems almost never-ending. You got Nate Burleson, you got Daryl Bevel, T-Jack was there, Percy Harvin, Heath Farwell is currently there. It, it, it's absurd. It's insane. You, you don't even think about a player like Carl Eller back in the day finished really? his, his last season with the team. Kev, was, Kevin was Williams. The Seahawks. Kevin Williams, John Randall. Uh, John Mark, Randall? Warren Moon. I mean, the list, Mike Tyson. Ice actually played 
as a tight end with the Seahawks and obviously coached as head coach with the Vikings. So Sidney Rice, it it doesn't end, man. I, I I don't think that exists anywhere else in the NFL, and it's something that has interestingly added to this rivalry, the weird back and forth of uh, players and coaches. But now let's head over to the head coach who sat in with our very own Paul Allen this week on X's and O's. Uh, well, it's time to feast on Seattle. Uh, what uh, what did you learn about your pass coverage during the decompression time? Well, we we did a lot of uh, evaluation, self study on uh, really everything that we're doing. Um, you know, we've gotten sloppy with our technique. Uh, you know, sometimes that happens throughout the course of a of a season, but we've got to get back to being good in tech. And, and being in the right place, getting the players in the right position, and then allowing them to uh, have opportunities to go make plays on the ball. So uh, we went through every coverage. We went through every run, every blitz, uh, went through the, our runs on offense, the, the different areas of the field. Um, it, it was actually good because, you know, we had an 11-game um, sample. S- sample to, to look at. Uh, how was Mike Hughes playing? You know, he's doing some really good things. Uh, uh, I think he's he's starting to feel a lot more comfortable with everything that he's doing. Um, you know, playing two positions is a little bit tougher for him, but um, I do feel like he's he's getting himself in the right position. And now, when he gets to, to the end of the play, yeah. that's where he's got to he's got to make his his hay. Uh, what about Trey Waynes? What uh, what do you think of him through this eleven? Yeah, I think the same thing. You know, all, all those all those guys. Um, it's it's again. You know they're doing some good things, and then but but we're allowing the receivers to dictate to us a little bit too much where where they want us to be, and we have to we have to be the ones dictating to them. The uh, the last time you had a game, Sterling comeback against Denver, J. Ron Curse played uh, terrifically at the end of the game. With with J. Ron, where 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 does he thrive most on defense when he's playing? Uh, typically, when he's he's closer to the to the line of scrimmage is where he he really shows up a lot more you know he's got physicality good blitzer um does a nice job in in runs and some of the reroutes and play actions that that we're trying to get him to do um so i would say that would be his best best area with uh seattle quarterback russell wilson in his three games against you he's averaging 162 passing yards per game uh how challenging (laughs) is it i didn't know that i didn't know that well that's pretty good well, I know it's pretty good. Yeah. I take it this week too. Right? Uh, how challenging is it scheming for him? It's really difficult. Uh, you know, he he is so elusive, um, and he's a quick-footed athlete that throws a terrific uh, deep ball. Uh, he puts it on the money. He do- doesn't ever panic. He gets hit. He go. You know, he's on the way down. And he'll find somebody that's open. The receivers do a great job of running and getting open when. Uh, when he sees pressure or, or when he when he holds the ball. Um, great on the boots, great on the play-action passes. Um, so it, it's a tough test. Is his escapability when he gets claustrophobic in the pocket, is it as good as you'll see all year? Yeah, probably, because he, he doesn't he doesn't have one way that he likes to go out. He'll 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 be back in his on his drop, move up, then move out, move up, and then and then in back uh up inside. Yeah. You know, spin out to the outside, so there's a lot of different ways and we're going to have to be very diligent with our rush lanes and with our coverage uh when we're trying to 
playing. Plus, you know, I think they're seven and one in games divided um, decided by seven points or less. So yeah. they've been in a lot of tight ball games, two overtime games. Uh, we're going to have to play really well to win. They're a rookie wide receiver, DK Metcalf. How's he playing? He's playing well. Big, strong, uh, physical guy. Uh, uh, does a lot. Gets a lot of one-on-ones on the backside of three-by-one formations, uh, which they'll go to him. Um, <clears throat> does a nice job in the running game as far as blocking and, and uh, where he's supposed to be. Their running back, Rashad Penny, is off a very big game against Philadelphia. With him and Chris Carson and the way Russell plays, is this still typically a run-first operation? Yeah, I would say so. There, you know, it's a lot of RPOs now. A little, they've got quite a few uh, run pass options. Where, but at the end of the day, most of the time he's handing the ball off. And and Carson is a very strong physical back. Um, runs very well to the perimeter. You know, our perimeter run force is going to have to be excellent this week. And then uh, Penny, you know, he hit that long one this last week. Uh, he's got great breakaway speed. From uh, from their left tackle, Dwayne Brown, over to the right tackle, then they insert the uh, the undrafted guy, George Fant, in essence as a tight end. Just overall, their offensive line, and, and what do they do with Fant? Um, you know, they use him a lot like a tight end would. Uh, they, he doesn't release for passes very often, but he's going to try to block the, the defensive end so that the back can uh, kind of dent the, dent it in there and then the back can uh, work for four or five yards. Um, they'll they'll use him some, though, as a, a, a tight end that flashes across the formation. They'll use him in protection in some yeah. of the protection plays. Um, does a nice job. They've got huge two huge um, offensive guards yeah. and uh, so they're a very big physical offensive line it's great to hear from the head coach heading into such a big game Chris but I think the thing that is really interesting for fans is the head coach is also coming off of a bye and historically that is a time period when he bunkers down and makes some big time changes to anything he's worried about absolutely he goes to his ranch out in Kentucky and he sits there and watches film but this year as you heard, he didn't just watch some film. He watched every single defensive snap for his defense and took away little things from the blitzes, from the coverages. And one thing he really focused on was getting his defensive backs to really control the wide receiver rather than what he said was the other way around. The, the receiver was controlling them, uh, specifically in that Dallas game. So he, he went to the drawing board during this little break that he had, and he watched every single play. That's good to hear from the head coach. Well, and, and I know going into the break, a lot of people were really worried about the pass defense. I mean, you do have the greatest teacher of the defensive back position in modern football history with a week off. He made those adjustments last year after the Rams game. Let's hope that he makes some moving forward into this game. Let's go from the defensive backs to the guys who are throwing it at the defensive backs because you got Cousins and Russ who are both having outstanding seasons. Both have thrown a lot of touchdowns. I think they both only have three interceptions. But this isn't just a uh, this isn't just a this year and last year matchup. These guys go a ways back, don't they? They go a crazy ways back. They played in the Big Ten championship um, a few times down at uh, Michigan State and Wisconsin. They've gone back and forth their whole careers. At the Combine together, they right? They were in the same workout class at the Combine. They've played each other when, obviously, uh, Wilson was with the Seahawks and Cousins was, was with the Redskins on Monday Night Football. This is a 3-2 lead in these matchups 
Russell has three wins. Kirk has two. Let's see if Kirk can tie it up here in this big game. Unfortunately, Kirk can't stop Russ, so I think Kirk getting the opportunity to tie it up will rely a lot on how we stop the Seahawk quarterback, and a lot of that, I think, is going to come down to containment. You know, I've watched a lot of Seahawk games this year, Chris, and the thing that has really stood out to me is with, with quarterbacks, people are always trying to compare them. You know, is Lamar the next Michael Vick? Who's the next Tom Brady? It was Andrew, you know, they want to know how a guy is made like another guy. And I think Russ has always gotten the Fran Tarkington comparison, especially from us here. But the thing that stuck out to me this year is I think Russ is coming into form and coming into his prime the same way Aaron Rodgers did. And I don't think he gets that comparison a lot, but he should because he does the exact same thing. He'll drop back in the pocket, and if the play breaks down, he uses his incredible legs to create a second play and then just absolutely destroys your heart on some deep pass. I mean, it's, it's like watching a young Aaron Rodgers all over again. The good news about that is he hasn't had a lot of success against the Vikings, even though they've won all those games. He's averaging just 168 passing yards per game against Mike Zimmer defenses. He's only thrown for one touchdown, and that was on a botched snap where he was able to come up with the game-winning points against the Vikings in that dreaded uh, playoff game, which was a killer. So the Vikings have found a way to do pretty well against Russell Wilson. Hey everybody, welcome back to Vikings Final Prep. Black Friday is on now for Viking fans at the Vikings Locker Room Store. Save 20% off site-wide on Vikings merchandise. Start your holiday shopping now and visit vikingslockerroomstore.com. And another reminder, did you know that you can get ready for kickoff all season long with Vikings Blend at Caribou Coffee? 10% of all proceeds go back to University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital. Purchase in-store today or at cariboucoffee.com. Continuing on with the quarterback theme, let's jump into a little segment from Skull Stories this week, which featured Mark Rosen hosting former Vikings quarterback Brad Johnson. I mean, you've been watching Kirk uh, in particular this year with the Vikings, and get your thoughts about him personally, professionally, and, uh, and, and the kind of role that he's been on with this team as it heads into Seattle next Monday night. Quarterback position, I've always said it's like it's, it's um, slapping the face and pounding the back are just six inches apart. And that's kind of what you get with the quarterback position. And obviously, a lot of errors are thrown his way, but the guy's a winner. And uh, obviously this year, he's got, I think, 20, 21 touchdowns, three picks, throwing a 70% completion ratio. And if, you, if I was to tell you that, if we just close our eyes and I told you the stats, you'd think that's Drew Brees or Tom Brady. And mm-hmm. Well, that's Kirk Cousins. And the team's 8-3. and three. They lost three tough games with, I think, the Bears, the Packers, and uh, the Chiefs all on the road. So, I mean, he has you in contention. It's what you want as a fan. It's what you want as a team. And uh, so I'm excited to see how this thing finishes out for him. And many things that were said about you, I think, as a quarterback are being said about him as well. Like sometimes, well, he's not the most athletic guy, can't escape the rush, can't do that. They always have these things you can't do, yet here you are. You want a Super Bowl ring and with some amazing uh, players around you. And, and maybe some of the same things you're saying about Kirk now. But uh, you find a way, right? I mean, there's, there's so many other skill sets that yeah. you have to have to be a winner in this league. Yeah, um, uh, leadership, intangibles, uh, giving your team a chance to win, winning on fourth cl- fourth winning drives, clutch plays, 
plays that you don't even see, finding checkdowns, not turning the ball over crucial situations, winning a game, you know, four-minute drive, getting an extra first down. Um, it was great to see what, the, you know, last week, I think, who was it, uh, Denver. They're down mm-hmm. They're down mm-hmm. 20 points or whatever it was, and halftime, and, and all of a sudden, here comes the fourth quarter comeback, the second half comeback. And so that's a, it's a winning team, Kurt's a winning quarterback, and, you know, to get the ultimate success, you got to win it all in, in January. So uh, are, that's where yeah. you kind of get rewarded, but but you know you, everyone gets caught up into the fluff. Can you? How far can you throw it? How hard can you throw it? Mm-hmm. Can you make a crazy running play? I, I don't know if those. I sit there and watch Tom Brady, and he don't do any of that. <laughs> he just, yeah, no, he, he doesn't. Winning plays, and so but you got to win in January. Now we're going to go from a former QB to the guy who is currently in charge of the wide receivers. Drew Petzing, wide receivers coach for the Minnesota Vikings, to discuss not only the challenge with the Seattle Seahawks, but kind of uh, where we've been in this 2019 season. And off the bye, first, did you get a chance to decompress at all? And from a football standpoint, Drew, what did you work on? Yeah, I think uh, definitely decompress. You got to get away from it a little bit. You got to shut it down and then come back reinvigorated for kind of this final stretch we have coming up. Uh, but you do spend some time. You really study yourself. That's what the bye week's for. Uh, you want to know yourself better than the opponent knows you. Uh, I think that was kind of critical to our process over this last couple days. Games at Century Link Field, what are they like? They're a lot of fun. Anytime you get to play in that atmosphere, it doesn't matter. Even the preseason games, it's packed in there. Uh, it, it's a very lively atmosphere. You're getting a lot of chirping from the crowd. And uh, it's what you want. You want to play in those type of games in that type of environment. It's a lot of fun. Legitimately is unbelievably loud. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, we feel like we have a great advantage in our stadium with our fans. uh, But those guys do a great job of making it hard on the opposing team. So it's something we got to prepare for and we need to be ready for. How do the Seahawks play defense? It's a fast physical style. You know, I think one of the things, and this is a compliment to to Coach Carroll and everything they've done there, you see his system – and that tree, so many different places in this league. Uh, and, and the big thing is they're going to keep the ball in front of them. They're going to stop the run. They're going to attack the football. They're going to get 11 hats to it. They take a lot of pride in that, and I think it shows up on tape. Now, two of those first two guys we saw right there in the highlights included uh, Bobby Wagner and Jadeveon Clowney. So, I mean, those are a couple of high-enders. Is it fair to say that with the way Seattle was playing defense or the yardage allowed and points and stuff earlier in the season, pretty high, messed with the rankings, but it's gotten a lot better of late. Is that fair? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you, the guys you just mentioned, along with uh, they picked up the safety digs from uh, yeah. Detroit. Uh, since he's gotten there, they've definitely you know closed the ranks and really done a great job these last couple weeks on defense. What does Stephon Diggs, what makes Stephon such a good deep threat wide receiver? I think it's a combination of his physical tools, which I think show up in almost everything he does, but his ability to track the ball and make some of those tough catches is just unbelievable. Uh, I mean, one that kind of sticks out is that one he made on the sideline against Dallas. Just going down, catching a ball back behind his body with one arm and pulling it into his chest. Uh, Those are game-changing plays, and I think people take them for granted, but there's a tremendous amount of skill uh, that goes into that. Now, with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs when they're both playing, How do they complement each other? Like from a coverage standpoint, they're both incredibly good. So like, how do they complement each other during games? 
Well, I think the hardest part, and you've heard, I think Coach Zimmer hit on a little bit uh, at some point last week, but when you only have one dynamic player like that, at times people can lean a coverage that way, cheat a safety that way. Uh, all of a sudden you can balance up a formation and put two guys that if left by themselves could change the game. It becomes very difficult for a defense to kind of clue in on where to go or how to defend both options. Yeah. Uh, have you ever encountered circumstances where they both get doubled? I think in the business you call it double-double. Yeah, there's no doubt. That is definitely an answer that, that some people have tried, and you got guys like Irv Smith, Ola B.C. Johnson, Kyle Rudolph, Dalvin Cook. When you get that type of talent, it becomes very dangerous because if you take away those two guys with four people, yeah. you got a lot of guys by themselves with not a lot of help. Now, Drew mentions wide receiver Ola B.C. Johnson. B.C. is what we call him in the business. <laughs> a seventh-round rookie from Colorado State who's, who's had quite the good season. Uh, talk about his progress. What has impressed you? I, I think just the way that he approaches his job. He takes it extremely uh, seriously, and I think you saw early in the year, you know, as a third or fourth guy, he's playing five, eight, ten snaps a game. And then early in that Detroit game, Adam goes down, and it, he didn't expect to have to play 55 snaps in that game, but there's no doubt he was ready for it. I think probably his fifth or sixth play in the game, he's getting the touchdown on the goal line, and wow. it just kind of speaks to his preparation and, and what he's done to put himself in that position. Now, from B.C. Johnson to Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, the wide receiving core, Dalvin Cook, the tight ends, everything all reliant on high-end performances from quarterback Kirk Cousins. 18 touchdowns, one interception in his last seven games. I know you're wide receivers coach, but you're an elite football mind. What do you really appreciate about the way Kirk has played the last seven specifically? Yeah, I think that not only is he playing at such a high level with those numbers, but he's also taking care of the football, right? And he's, he's doing it by the book, and he, and he knows where to go with the ball, when to go with, the, you know, when to take the risk, when to be safe. Uh, he's getting the ball to the open guy. He's making the right decisions. He's making them on time. And, and that's what playing that position is. And, and right now, he's playing as well as anybody. It's really been fun to watch. And that'll do it for The Sound on today's edition of Vikings Final Prep. Before we get out of here, quick reminder... Pro Bowl season is upon us, and we have a whole bunch of guys who deserve to be there. So head on over to vikings.com slash Pro Bowl. Cast your vote. Obviously, there's a bunch of guys that should be there. The Kirks, the Diggs, the Stephans. But C.J. Ham, Chris, is the guy that you and I have been pushing on a lot. He helps lead and pave the way for the best rushing attack in the league. And how about Eric Kendricks? Yeah, I want to throw Eric Kendricks' name in there. He hasn't been there yet, and he leads all linebackers and passes defense. He's had an incredible year. He should be a pro bowler and an all-pro. Incredible year for Eric Kendricks. Uh, quick reminder, kickoff, 7.15 p.m. on Monday from Seattle. P.A. and Bursich on KFAN. Sideline will be Lieber and Coleman. And if you happen to watch it on the big talking box, Monday Night Football is on ESPN with Tessator and Burger McFarland. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will catch you next Friday.